on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And welcome to the house for episode 128. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. Yes, we appreciate everybody. Just wanted to throw a big thank you out to our audience. We uh, we broke 4K uh, listens, you know. Yeah. We got 4K streams out the house, you know what I mean? It's a core, dedicated uh, fandom that, that has driven us to those milestones and so so i want to say thank you much appreciated thank you everybody definitely you know ohio gang gang <laughs> yo I'm, I'm ohio players yo my g i i'm like yo maybe i need to go put feet down in ohio and meet some of these people like we have a a, a listenership that that very much listens out of there and so yeah, we appreciate nice, you guys. You know nice. what I mean? I would love to actually go out there and, and like do a, a, a physical event and meet some people. That sounds like a lot of fun and That'd I don't know. Nice man. Little trip. That might yeah, you know what I mean? That might be have to that might have to be something that I, I, I organize in the future. You know, maybe, you know, when things open back up and it's safe and then you know, I'm not being irresponsible by getting more <laughs> than a dozen people to congregate in an area because trust me, if I throw a party, nigga, it's gonna be more than a dozen people. I know how to throw a party. For real real shit. So yeah, man. That might have to be a thing. All right, cool. But yeah, moving on from that, you been uh, watching anything interesting this weekend? Um, no, I don't. I don't think I actually. No, I did ca- catch a couple of things. Um, I watched. Um, oh, I forgot the name of it, but it's a. Uh, it was another crazy Nicolas Cage movie, and but I, I can never remember what the title of these movies are. But it does, who cares? No, it, it really, it really it's a Nick Cage matter. movie, so but, you um, go in there for one thing. Yeah, which is which is this one was actually pretty interesting. It was about like um, uh, it it was about the, it was one of those oh that's what it's called. It's called Kill Chain. Um, okay. And at first I was like, what the fuck is a Kill Chain? Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm a, it's Nick Cage weird movie title. Let me check it out. It's about um, it's a series. Uh, man, it, it's about this lady who's a prostitute who got caught up in that life, and it's about her attempt to escape it. So. The story opens um, in in uh, late at night when she meets like the first person in the chain, and actually no, you don't even meet them. Actually, you don't even meet her first. You meet like two guys that are related to it, and so it follows the story of like um, you just meet this weird guy who's a hitman and he's in a, a hotel room trying to figure mm-hmm. out like where's his next target. So after doing a little bit of investigation, because shit seemed weird, he finds out that he's the target. So <laughs> that's yeah. some bullshit. <laughs> you feel me? That's some bullshit. Like, why would y'all tell me? Like, he's just send the guys after me. Why do we? Why are you leaving me breadcrumbs to my own murder? Exactly what it Fucking was. Assholes. Because they they were trying to um you know tie up him as a loose end, but you know of course they don't want him to know that. So they're like, no, you know, just just hang out there and take out the guy that you see. Okay, at X, so they use it as time. a setup. Yeah. So um, the movie starts with he gets killed. Then the guy you follow gets um, arrested by two crooked cops and they take him to some place. But he's smart. So he turns the two crooked cops against each other. And so the mm. one crooked cop in the back kills him. The silver tongue. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it didn't help him any because the, the one in the back was like enough and like killed him before he could. But it was too late. He already planted the seed in his in his partner's mind. So Eventually, they started a shootout between each other, and, he, and the, the one cop ended up having to kill his partner. 
And so you the follow- kill chain. So by the time you get to the prostitute, you've initiated a kill chain. Yes, already. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I got it. And so it, it was pretty dope. She eventually ends up back at the hotel with Nick Cage, and you know they go through like this wild story where he's telling them, like he's making up uh, this shit, like oh yeah, and no, I'm the owner of this bar type shit, and they're like, uh, he's like, you don't own this bar. This dude, I don't remember his name. He's like Romero owns this bar, but we haven't seen Romero in like two months. He's like, yeah, and he tells everyone a different story, like. Yeah, he sold it to me. Yeah, he. I won it from him in a card game. Yeah, like he just left town for six months. You know what I mean? I mean, if you obviously want to establish a lie, that's how you do it. You just so, have a- everybody gets a different version of the tale. But I look did like how it all wrapped up in the end. To sort of like, um, uh, there was a mystery around who uh, uh, Nicholas Cage's character was. So I did like how the movie just slowly worked its way to that. And it sort of, it navigated in a really nice way. And you know, I give it a solid seven. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Seven? I mean, I'd be dubious of your ratings, even though I will say I watched Zack Snyder's yeah. Justice League. And you were absolutely merited in Emphasis giving it on the Justice. Justice League, yeah. It, it was absolutely merited in the eight. But it's funny because, you know, back to what you were just saying, like how they established that he was lying by telling multiple people the same story with different uh with different uh details Mm -hmm. it's funny because you know i think in christopher nolan's batman when he was using telling the backstory of joker he kind of flipped that trope on the head he did not by continuously telling lies but never telling the whole story and each person gets a weird part (laughs) of the story and joker was and so you were you know it seemed like he was lying, but it wasn't because he was lying. It's only because he only gave you part of the story mm-hmm. with each person. And so that was an interesting twist of that trope. But that's what it reminded me of when you said that. But anyway, yeah, back to, back on point. Um, yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. It was. As, I, I like the construction of the of the movie. I thought they okay. did a pretty good job. It does sound very. It does sound interesting the way you laid it out. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot more meat on those bones based Definitely. on what you said. I'm trying. I hope you didn't give away the whole movie. Yeah, right there. I, I was trying to be a little bit vague so as not okay. to give away too much. But that's what's up. I like. I liked how it all played out in the end. It, it, it's one of those things where it, it really surprised me. Like I, I really just went to it because I expected 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 it to be quirky. And I had no idea what a kill chain was. So I was like, all right, let's check it out. Fuck it. Yeah, no context. It's not like they were drawing on a reference that you were familiar with yeah. to make, to, to, uh, so make the title. Yeah. Like, let's see where it goes. And I wasn't disappointed. Okay. I mean, I, I've left movies at, at the five minute mark for less. You know what I mean? So Yeah. It was funny because <laughs> we tried to watch this movie. And this movie is winning so many awards. And it's hilarious because every time we see... Uh, this movie won an award. It is indicative of how trash the award that it is. <laughs> one is, and it's called uh, Nomad Nomad Land. I haven't heard of this one. What's that about? Um, it's about this precarious. Okay, it's based off of a book, and the book describes a demographic in America that's coming up. Um, that's you know becoming more and more populous. Um, and it's the demographic of elderly people from the middle of America, from towns where industry has been hollowed out. Mm-hmm. And so they're not poor, but they've sold all of their, they, they can't maintain their houses over long periods of time. So they sell their houses and they live a nomadic lifestyle. So they buy like large vehicles that they can live in. And then, you know, they, they, they make it Damn, relatively comfortable. Sucks. and. So they travel around, and one of the uh, byproducts of this is that Amazon 
has started sucking up this workforce in a seasonal me- method. And so what they've done is is that by employing large portion large amounts of these people when they're in certain areas and then opening up uh uh um fulfillment centers in various areas where industry is already hollowed out so you know there's a large unemployed population and then drawing those people there seasonally because they lose their jobs and then they look for jobs and then guess where the next job is Oh, it's it's sixty miles south in a town where they just opened up a fulfillment center, and so overdue having done this over the last like eighteen months, they've created a population of people that now are like nomads who roam around the center of America, and there's mostly elderly white people who aren't technically poor but don't have homes. Damn, that's fucked so up. So there is a book called No Man's Land that's written about that. And so you know what happened? They were like, let's make a movie. And so, you know, and then so they were looking for funding. Amazon swooped in and says, we'll pay for this. <laughs> and then it became pretty much Amazon propaganda. Yeah, they whitewashed so the whole thing. Ba- yeah. So bad and so obvious that even Carolina was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah. Fuck this. And so the fact that it's winning awards is hilarious. But um, anyway, I forgot how I got onto that. But That's yeah, that uh, there was that. And then um, I watched... Uh, Zack Snyder's uh, yeah. Justice League. Yeah. And boy, was I pleasantly surprised. So Seriously. I am a fan of a few Zack Snyder works, which you elucidated to me. Like, stop hating on that nigga because he does have a backlog that does not uh, reflect the shittiness that was Justice League. And you were 100% <laughs> right for calling me out on that. So I will I will concede that point to you. And so, yes, uh, I wa- I didn't have high hopes for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because of the dumpster fire that was um, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. But I gave it a shot anyway. On the back of, though, this nigga is ballsy as fuck making a four-hour movie. It's very ambitious. Ballsy as fuck. So ambitious. I appreciate uh, him for it, too. I I entreated Carolina to embark on this adventure with me. And honestly, we were both pleasantly surprised and very well entertained, entertained throughout. Like, it was well worth the four-hour watch. Absolutely. Um, I do believe at least 20 minutes of it was padded by slow-mo. Absolutely. <laughs> About 20 minutes of it was padded by slow-mo, and I think it's because he wanted that four-hour runtime, because, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a flex. That is a flex. I mean, to but be he fair, made a very watchable four-hour movie. To be fair, like, in my slow opinion. mo is like literally one of his one of the four tenants of his like um film style. That's like okay. Right on. That's one of the things he's known for. Well, and, and and not for nothing, I'm actually grateful when he does it in um combat scenes because yeah, dude, you're dude, you're fucking Sometimes doing do some see that. Yeah. baller shit on these yeah. <laughs> crazy CG, yeah. and they're moving at super speed. So I mean, thank you for slowing it down. Spoiler alert: When um Wonder Woman beheads um uh, uh Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf at the end, that uh, was slow mo was definitely necessary uh, there. It was juicy because, you, yeah, it was really. And then on top of that, it was really well shot. The cinematography. um, It was a really good movie. Yeah. It was a really good movie. Um, It makes me wonder why the fuck they put out that other movie. <laughs> uh, they like. They, so there was moments of of levity. Very few, mm-hmm. but they existed. And and a lot of them came from the Flash, and I like that Zack Snyder was was prescient enough and a good enough cinematographer to know this is not a movie where you need to have everyone making jokes. Facts. You don't need to have 
Aquaman making jokes, Wonder Woman making jokes, Batman making jokes, Flash. No. And Flash is, and it's funny because every time Flash was like, every time something funny happened to him, it actually had pretty dire consequences. Like this nigga <laughs> would trip in the middle of combat and it's like, oh no, nigga, we need you. Yeah, pretty much. And then it was like, oh my goodness. Flash is, you don't think about it a, a lot of times, but Flash is probably like one of the strongest members of the Justice League in that specific arena. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, 100%. Like, Reality altering strong. Oh my goodness. And so one thing that Zack Snyder did, which was amazing in this movie, was he created a certain type of tension with Batman because he is a human in the presence of many, many, many beings that can instantaneously vaporize him with a punch. (laughs) And he holds it together. You know what I mean? And while Ben Affleck is not my favorite Batman... He didn't destroy the movie for me. He didn't ruin yeah. the movie at all. Like he did, a, he did his job, and I like, so oh, I enjoyed man. it a lot. Like, uh, did you did you catch the uh, the fucking tank in it from the Frank Miller movie at the end, at the ending shot where they were zooming out? That shit looked so dope. Oh no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, like in the um, I think it was it was after like uh, I think it was pretty much right before the credits that they were doing like a final snapshot of everybody and batman was like standing on top of this big tag thing that's the one from bro there the was Frank miller and, and and i like how <laughs> Zack snyder established batman as like the gadgeteer you know yeah, what i mean like he yeah. they gave him an step because he you know throughout the comics and stuff he has an established like move set but like since he has no powers it's like what is his like role in the greater combat scheme of these super powered beings and so he established him as the gadgeteer he always had a large vehicle to use that was <laughs> yeah. pertinent to the situation like it's your superpower i'm rich oh <laughs> my nigga and boy like was that like whew, that that line was delivered very well by Affleck. i'm not gonna lie um but yeah like whenever he was fighting like it was always about finding the next big gadget like when you find the turrets that's Dude. true You're okay right, so yeah. you remember in the like damn they <sighs> took a lot of inspiration from the animation because that's how he is in the um in like the justice league bruce tim cartoons mm. that's pretty much how that that's how they use batman he i never thought about that before but yeah he uses his gadgets and sort of like bounce from paratrooper to paratrooper like either sabotaging their weapons or stealing and taking it over from taking them it over just for so well done man and then it, it was so you remember how they so there was a lot of exposition in this movie that was just cut that was absolutely necessary, necessary. and it was like okay, okay <laughs> i understand the hard sell of saying in the time when they thought they were going to do a theatrical release in the movie theaters that i have a four-hour movie i understand the hard sell but to see what he presented and what he had as a finished uh, product for them and for them not to say that this was worth the the risk is wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. This movie has so many moments, so many great combat scenes. Like, And then I can only imagine on the actors end what it felt like to be to do that and then be asked to reshoot scenes for the other movie and then be directed to do the, the way that they did. They were like, wait a sec. Oh, wow. This is what you guys... This yeah. is what you got from what he put together. Um, they reorganized the scenes in a, like they took the scenes out of order. Like it was crazy having a, such a memory. Cause listen, I am, I am hyper vigilant to things that I feel I don't like. And so I remember very viscerally that justice league <laughs> movie. I very much did not like it. And so watching this movie and seeing 
how those scenes were originally portrayed to the people who then took them and made them into what they were. I was like, why? Why would you do that? That was my primary question. I felt bad too. for Zack Snyder because I'm like, oh man, they took your masterpiece because it was a very, very good movie. It is probably, I, in my opinion, just for the scope, the originality, the 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 first that he set with it. I think that we should, you know, it's going to go down in in yeah. some historical it, it's value. It's definitely top five for me. Like it's it top was five a really comic great movie. movie for me. For I sure. mean, gosh, they built the story with Cyborg so well. Yes, they built the story. I mean. You Damn, know, the you few feel, times you really feel for Cy. He, he experiences so much loss throughout the course of the movie. Like I really, if if, if I didn't I even mind were, how janky um, he looked, he still looked janky, but it was fine. I yeah, didn't mind it at totally. all. Totally, like the the the, the CG thing, it, it didn't even bother me, man. It noticed it. I noticed it, but it never bothered me. I love the way that and 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 you spoiled this for me, and it didn't even matter when um when the the moment when uh Aquaman is talking to Flash and he's like. So we're really considering sending a teenage boy who just lost his father <laughs> in to fight the most powerful computer <laughs> intelligence in the universe. Uh, and then they just kind of pan away and I'm like, <laughs> uh, that was a great question. Aquaman, no one's going to answer that. Aquaman, the voice of reason is like, oh, we got a choice, I bro. Mean, listen, and the funny part is, is that Wally West knows he's powerful and he has huge clout, but he absolutely doesn't deserve it because he this doesn't know what the Barry. fuck he's talking about or what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Barry. Barry, Barry Allen, not Wally West. I'm sorry, I'm mixing up my speedsters. Let me not do that. <laughs> I will get crucified on the internet. I don't want to make that mistake. It was uh, Barry Allen is the Flash that's represented here. And it was great. He played the worst Flash. <laughs> he is the worst Flash. Like, he made so many mistakes throughout this movie, and I loved it. And it was, But it was so well done. I do like it. He it's has so a well very, done. um, this, like young rookie sort of inexperienced but i'm trying really hard to do my best you know type, what i love type, though uh, I, I love that he he at very least at this point in his career he's learned that when he's in the speed force you have to gently touch humans because <laughs> when he saves iris you see he takes extreme yeah. care not to touch her yeah. and you see that when he touches other things he's like <laughs> yeah he'll just like poke it yeah oh man that one scene when um uh he's dodging the the parademon and he oh, just by the goes way, and touches spoiler alert slightly. for ruining the, the movie if you haven't seen it like i loved we're gonna go through all of it yeah it was so good yeah when when he was um like dodging the parademon then he just like lightly tapped him yeah. like he just did the light little shoulder check and he flew like Gosh, man and 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 it was crazy like the way that he he knew Okay, so now we're gonna go into some ending spoilers. Like, yeah. He, they, so, is this the Barry Allen that's in the shows? Um, yes and no. So it's like, not played by the same person. No. Um the the okay. show Barry Allen on CW is played by Grant Gustin, and the one in the movies is played by Ezra Miller. But in continuity wise, it is the same person. Uh yes, but in two different universes. Um, oh, two different universes. Yes, because. They actually did a little Easter egg on oh. last year's Crisis. Ezra Miller showed up on and, um, the CW Flash. Okay. Just another thing. And so, by the way, I just want to address this before I forget and we move on. Zack Snyder, I think what he did in t being tasked with tying together all of these disparate movies. Yeah. Under the time constraints he was given. into In, in, in a one slash two movie arc. After having failed so epically on the first portion of that arc, did an amazing recovery Hell and yeah. nailed the remaining 
story. I mean, he really stuck it. He really, really did a great job in bringing together a whole comic universe that was not properly put together into one epic saga of a movie. Like, Mm -hmm. the movie is a saga. You know what I mean? Like, you get (laughs) to watch an entire... You watch multiple arcs. And a lot of growth from, like, the entire cast. Oh, my gosh. And then even the scenes where, where like, Steppenwolf was attacking Themyscira and Steppenwolf was attacking Atlantis were just so much better portrayed. Right. Like, and then the hunt. They, like, they, they, they even made it, like, because if, you, if you're familiar with the character Steppenwolf, he's amazingly powerful. Yeah. When it comes to the majority of the Justice League, minus one. <laughs> okay? And, and so... They had to find another way to say, why is this amazingly powerful character not just taking all of the mother boxes and leaving? And they did a great job of showing because he has to hunt for them. That's a good question. And there's a, there's a reason why he's not just immediately building this citadel and taking over Earth because he doesn't actually know where these things are. He has to mm-hmm. find them. He, you know, and, and when he does, he understands that there is resistance. Like, they did such a poor job of showing the Atlantean and the the Amazon resistance to Steppenwolf mm-hmm. and the other movies. Like, if you could do it that easily, then it wouldn't even make sense for Darkseid to send someone else. Right. I did. I did. Um, in the beginning of the movie, before in the in the previous Justice League, when um, I did not get the sense that it was the right choice leaving it with the Amazons. Based on no what was portrayed, way. I was just like, "Are you serious, guys?" No, the Amazons like, mounted a defense. Like, yeah, if this time I was around, still trying to defend something, and you showed me that as the defense, I was like, you know what? If they get through that, that's not your fault. Yeah, that's not your fault. You definitely did. Which your is true. Job. Like, like <laughs> un- unfortunately, he was an overwhelming presence. There was nothing you guys can and do. And not even just that, but you did a great job. And not even just you that, he just barely did it. Because don't forget, that nigga had the mother box out true. of that motherfucker <laughs> when the rest, when the whole gang of Amazons was riding in on his ass. It's not like he handily took any of these mother boxes. And even when he was fighting the Atlanteans. I'm glad that he they showed Yo. it was kind of a little bit more stealthy of a mission because there wasn't that many Atlanteans. You know what I mean? Because again, mm-hmm. yeah, he they would have overwhelmed him. Atlanteans um, yep. in water are no fucking joke, dude. Mm-hmm. They are very powerful in the water, as shown yep. several times. In so the, he kidnapped the movie. them and and uh, yeah. uh, questioned them separately. He slowly thinned the guard and, and then snuck in. Within. Yep, and then oh, was just fighting one on one with smart. the priestess. Which if he if that priestess had a mirror, if she had a whole battalion of Atlanteans. I don't think Steppenwolf's taking that mother box the same way. I agree. I think if the Atlanteans defended it in force, he would have had a much had a harder but a, time. But Steppenwolf was very cunning. Also, for a, shout for out a to her warrior. for trying to suck the fluids out of his face. And that nigga didn't like that. That shit hurt. <laughs> Yo, he saw threw it. her down immediately. He was like, oh. <laughs> Yo, that shit clearly affected him. He was like, no, 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 B, this is going to suck. She's like, oh, word? Can I just... She's like, oh, yeah, I'm Can not trying to run away your from bitch you, ass? <laughs> How well does your brain work if I suck all the fluids out of your face? You need well, all you that? are a living thing, still. Right? <laughs> but yeah, once again, Atlanteans showing their their metal. Like it yeah, was, was really like... well done. Like man, I just can't uh, impress upon the audience how weird it is to me that someone watched that movie and even if you don't Facts. like parts of it, came to the conclusion that we're not going to find some way to put this out. Yep, not what you put out. And the fact that you called all those actors back to mar their performances (laughs) is just mind-blowing to me. It just shows, like, how terrible the influence of the executives in the creative process is. 
It's terrible. Yeah, they were chasing a result instead of like trying to construct something good from the start. Once Instead again, of just trying to tell a story. I feel so bad for Zack Snyder just sitting there watching them. <laughs> Having done your job getting fired. Well, he didn't get fired. I know, like, he didn't get fired. He, he, um... But essentially, when you have some <laughs> other nigga come and finish your shit, you, you feel like you got fired. Nah, I mean, I'm sure he understands. Like, that movie was given a date to be out long before they so ever wait, started oh, so filming. Wait, he did not finish this version of the movie, movie until after the other movie went out? Um, from what my understanding, he said he had a working version of this four hour movie, like without special effects, but essentially fully shot and the entire four hours. Yeah. He you had can't... that. At yeah. 2017. He had that. Oh, no way. Get the fuck out of here. Then by 2020, when yeah. they released that. Oh, yeah. no. When did they release? The last no one? idea. Uh, let me oh, see. yeah. Can you do that for me? Because actually, I want to think about that because that was actually kind of a long time ago. If he finished the working model of this one in 2017, when did they release the the one that we are now shitting upon? <laughs> that one was released March 13th, 2018, Justice League. March 13th. Okay, so clearly you are not doing this four-hour movie in a, in a year. You're mm-hmm. not going to finish the digital effects for this in a year. And so this came out recently, so they were saying it was a three-year delay. God, fuck you, investors. I guess, but I, but I'm pretty sure you didn't make your money. Did they make their money back? Did that oh, actually? Hell no. Hell no. Yeah. The first so one, it wasn't worth it. I mean, it, so in the end, it wasn't worth it. Well, let me say that. How good this one. The was. reason why I said that is because this movie did not do well in the box office. Okay, it, that's it, what I'm it did not break a billion. It, and they it, definitely it, spent a billion. I think they made seven hundred and seven hundred eighty nine. I think that was like some of the the yeah, final. Yeah. So so okay. Now at that point, I guess yes, you could not know what the future would hold. But in retrospect, we can now see for future information, it was a bad idea to do that. Just don't the yeah, releasing that was poor. They could have saved themselves worldwide. a physical release, all of the expenses of that physical release. You know what I mean? Because clearly this one being released during the pandemic wouldn't have had a physical release. There's no way you're going to get a four-hour physical Hell release. Hell nah. <laughs> and so they could have had a digital release, get a booming, you know, show people, no, 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 it's okay. We recouped from the last movie. And then after the pandemic, do a theatrical release and then, you know, blow it out. You know, do a big event, do some shit, some times, promotion, whatever you do. But I mean, like, there seems to be a, a much better model than what they did. You know what I mean? Like, rush it, you know, three years to for what to what avail? To, to have a failing box office release when there was a, a much more profitable model. Like, I know, guys, you want your money back. I get it. But you're fucking rich already. Chill. <laughs> You'll get your money back. This is Hollywood, <laughs> motherfucker. So we get it. It's Hollywood and Batman. It'll work. And Superman. That was always my whole thing. That's what disappointed me the most. That's how I knew the movie was trash, bro. I was like, you have Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman in the same movie. Oh my you gosh, and Aquaman. Yo, Jason Momoa. Like, Tripping. I feel so bad for Jason Momoa because, like, he the Aquaman in this movie was so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, why was they? Why did they have him tr- trying to be a a funny bro in the original? Uh, release of this movie like it was I mean, just I still it didn't think fit he's a bro it's just i mean he had his moments but he was way more one. solemn and way yeah. more reflective like he was, he was a fully rounded character yeah, this time instead of yeah. being a caricature okay there you go that that is the articulation i was looking for um it was just poorly done in the original man and it wasn't funny and he was being funny at moments when it just this movie was a serious movie. There's a lot of shit, yeah, serious shit happening. This movie is heavy as fuck. <laughs> so, so going back to the storyline, like super dark. Superman. They they did a great job of first of all 
showing why Superman was absent from the movie yep. for so long. Yep. And then the reintroduction of Superman and then ex- ex- giving us very clear examples of why he could not be in the other parts of the movie. <laughs> Yo, I, sh- I want to shout out to Superman because one of the first things he did, uh, so first of all, the first thing he did to Steppenwolf was talk shit. That's number one. Yeah, right? man. Why was like, he so cu- yeah, first off, rude? He, he blocked my man's accent. The accent with his that shoulder, was threatening with the nape of his neck. He said, "Yo, yo, <laughs> ding." All right, word. <laughs> Feel me? Did this, you just hear that? That's why they called me the Man of Steel, nigga. And, and prior to this moment, this axe had just been slicing people in two. Yo, literally destroying buildings. Like every, it's just been laying. Nothing has stopped people his axe the entire course of the movie. And it's about to end the movie by killing someone crucial to the plot. And this nigga Superman just shows up and was just like, word. By the way, your axe is whack as word. fuck, nigga. And then he immediately broke the axe. And my favorite part, he kicked this nigga Steppenwolf in the chest. You don't see Superman kicking people very often. No, you don't, actually. But he, like, straight up Sparta he kicked is a him in the very, chest. Very, yeah. He's a brawler. He's a punch-heavy fighter. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? His special moves involve punching, 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 and then punching some Punching more. very fast. You feel me? That's That's the one, yeah. Punching fast, like slow down so you can see the punch, and then punching you hard, or punching you so fast you can't see him. Like so that he doesn't was have great. a very wide I mean, move list. There was the storyline had so much development that was necessary. Oh, the fucking um, what was really really dope was like uh that moment with Lois Lane and um uh, Martha Kent. Yes, and then there's okay. So that, that was an incredibly human moment. But that, that wasn't was even like Martha. Oh, wait, which, which one? The one, the one where, where the one where it was Marsh, uh, Martian Manhunter pretending to be Martian. Okay, Man. so it's very, very, very spoilery. But was Martian Manhunter set up in other movies? Um, yes and no. Um, Zack Snyder in this one specifically retconned him to be that. Uh, you know that guy who he turned into. That's, oh, the, the general guy. Yeah, he's the same one that was with Superman in the in the other movies and stuff like that. Oh. So he retconned that guy. He was saying, you know, I've been incognito as, I don't remember his name. Yeah. Like Colonel Bradley or something By like that. By the way, Martian Manhunter is a stupid fucking name. So I like the character. It's it's DC's version John of Vision. John Jones. John Jones. Yeah, let's call him John Jones because Martian Manhunter is a dumb fucking name. Because, like, <laughs> why would you go to Earth... And tell them that I am a Martian <laughs> manhunter with, on the planet of men. Like, why would you do that? Like, that's a dumb name. He's taking it back, bro. He's taking it back. So, John Jones, because that's a far more sensible name to have on Earth. You know, not the, I am the alien hunter of your people. But, yeah. <laughs> but he helps out, you know. So, yeah. So, anyway, there was back to what you were actually commenting on before I uh, derailed that. The, the There was a lot of... so touching really heartfelt moments in the movie that drove why you were interested in watching yes. four hours worth yes. of this shit. Like, especially it was like, because she said something that I never even conceptualized really, which mm-hmm. is just like, everybody is mourning yes. Superman, the concept. Yes. But these two women specifically are mourning the person. Yes. Who he yes. Is. As the mother. And she's like, all of you guys are crying and I'm crying tears of pride. I am so fucking proud of that man. Do you know that this man lived his entire life tiptoeing around lesser beings and me. never once let a human being feel like they weren't worthy of his protection? I'm telling like, you. Do you not see what that man was? And she felt, and that's what I'm saying. Like that was missing. Why would you cut that out of the movie? Yeah. That was so evocative. Like holy shit. And then of course there's Lois Lane, who's just like, it's just the love of my life. Like yeah. Oh, that was really nice too. Like. I, hear I, you. I really like that arc for her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the that actress. What's her name? Oh my goodness, Amy she's, Adams. 
Just the few moments she was in that movie, she destroyed yes, her role. Absolutely. I really liked how she she I liked everyone's character arc in this. Mm-hmm. I, I I loved Batman's like road to redemption. I really love um uh, uh, I guess it would be Lois Lane's revival, you know, because she's in like a state of depression since yeah. the death of Superman. Yeah. And one thing they they show in this one that they did in previous ones mm-hmm. is that she's visiting his um, memorial yep. every day. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and it's, and, and it's like, funny because she has a relationship with the guard who's like, and, and evidently he's aware that she doesn't want to come back, but she's compelled to come back because she loves this man. It's so heart-wrenching. And he me? at least tries to lighten it a little bit for her load. Like, Hello, like that's a stupid throwaway storyline that is just thank you for putting that in the movie. It like, was nice. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly, I think Lois Lane may have been in the movie for ten minutes. Yeah, but every moment she was in it was important. Fucking counted, and so absolutely. that's what I mean. Like it wasn't four hours wasted, with the exception of the slow mo. <laughs> with the exception of the twenty minutes of slow mo, there's about there was a solid, solid half three hour hours and forty mo. minutes of great movie that was not wasted, not a moment of it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the ending, which were. Mega spoiler alert. They set up okay, so so I'm sitting so here excited. like I am like they set up that final moment where Cyborg is interfacing with the mother boxes and he needs the jolt from from Flash. Like the whole crescendo to that point was so well done and then the he, mystery thing. and then and then in the of middle course of that they slap a mystery on your back. So even though you're worried about whether or not it'll work or not, you're now like Wait, what the fuck did that? What does that mean? Yeah, because he does gets, that mean? So yeah, he gets hit by the turret. Then he misses the moment. But Flash knows that he could, if he just runs fast enough, he could turn back time. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he does it, and if it I works. Could turn back but time. then Batman has the dream, yes, of the alternate yes. reality. And it's where they show Jared film. Leto, and it's so funny because they they hyped up Jared Leto's Joker, Jared, and he was in there for five minutes, which was an amazing five Hell minutes. Yeah. I enjoyed every moment that they used him. Once again, not a minute of this movie was wasted, mm-hmm. with the exception of the of slow-mo. The slow-mo. <laughs> I have to add that caveat because every someone's gonna someone's gonna hit me like, but what about the slow-mo? Anytime I say that, and I'm like, okay, I acknowledge that. So the fuck what? Get past the slow-mo, yo. It's okay. You can watch those moments and you can in what 1.5 speed <laughs> and it'll be fine. Because and honestly, I appreciated normal. this slow-mo, especially in like flash moments, even though. And I'm going to detour for a second because there was a moment where they used the slow-mo where it was just too egregious. And that was during the football scene in Cyborg's (laughs) flashback. And it was like, if anyone has ever watched of any given Sunday or any good football scene, you know that you don't sleep, with the exception of Last Boy Scout, where they had a slow-mo football scene where a dude was shooting people, which was stupid. But in a football scene, if you're trying to make an impactful moment, you speed it up, high collisions... And they slowed it down, and I was like, "Okay, why did you, you slow down here, though?" <laughs> like it was just such an egregious point where it was like, "Dude, the slow should not have been used here." I was like, "Yeah, that's going to be a very valid critique." But honestly, if I was to say that that was like, "Okay, I'm going to dock at points," it would be like point one point. That's it. <laughs> like it's not even worth like yeah. commenting when you're, you know what I mean, when you're talking about how great everything else is. And in, in as I said, in four hours, he packed in a lot of good shit. Despite whatever qualms you might have, if even if you don't like Ben Affleck's Batman, there's so much more movie around it. Even if you don't like the slow mo, there's so much more movie around it. True, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's definitely. so much more movie around any one of the individual critiques that I have. I, I believe that people who are just being overly critical of the four hour, uh, uh, you know, runtime and so forth are just being disingenuous. 
And so I can ignore them. So yeah, moving <laughs> on from that, the yeah, the ending of the movie setting, and that's what I'm saying. Like once again, one of his goals was to not only wrap up this superhero cadre. So he assembled the team, did the whole hero arc, did the final fight arc, and set up the next movie yes. arc. All yes. in one movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, Zack Snyder was given an insurmountable job, and he actually nailed it. Fucking nailed it, son. He actually nailed it. He really did a great job. And it was it's well worth the time. I hope that all of the time I've taken to, to, to delve into it, it, you know, will encourage people to take the time now to watch this. Because I would love to see them um, maybe revisit some other things. That was the second thing I said about it. The first thing I said about the movie was like, why the fuck didn't you submit this if you had this already? And the second thing was, if you guys were to make, continue the DCEU based on what was left here, I would 100% support it. I would absolutely watch whatever follows this. Oh, because no, no, no. If they don't make this canon, then I will go back to my boycott of DC Universe. <laughs> but if they're saying like, okay, no, 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 we're going to build off of that canon. Do it. Oh, I'm watching the next Do movie. 1,000%. Oh, one thing we didn't mention was how um, the Green Lantern got greased up by Darkseid, son. Yeah. And, he never, and they never came back. <laughs> the ring never came back to Earth. Because they were looking for the ring. Like, they were monitoring. If there was a Green Lantern <laughs> ring. Because... So one of the storylines is never that the, came back. The, the mother boxes uh, decided they're so mother boxes have a intelligence inside of them, and so when they originally tried to take over uh, Earth, they came to the conclusion that they need to sleep until Earth's guardians are gone, mm -hmm. and so they weren't going to wake up as long as uh, uh, Superman and the Green Lanterns, because they specifically said there is no Kryptonians and no, no lantern bearers here. on Earth. You know what I mean? So they were monitoring. No so yeah, Darkseid no greased up the lantern here. so bad that the ring just dipped and didn't come back for <laughs> hundreds of thousands of years. Not hundreds of thousands, but how long was it? Fucking dark Like thousands son. of years, they said? It was, it was, but yeah, I think it was a couple thousand. They fucked that shit up bad. But man, even that part of the development of the overall storyline was so necessary and well done Hell that i'm yeah. just like how did you watch this and decide to take that out you know what surprised me i was surprised that y'all niggas made the anti-life equation like i'm surprised you guys put that in the movie it yeah, made it feel like and organic. it was super pivotal and yeah, once again it made organic setting up for future yeah, movies yeah, I was like, it's clear really? dark side is not dead and he is not done and he is coming back to earth oh, and the man. justice league needs to assemble with new members because the member they set up the justice league mansion and then they were like with yeah, seats for six and then more. Diana came in and said with room for more. And I was like, yeah. I love that whole dynamic, how she had her say and she brought that dynamic of, no, we're going to have a broader mindset of just not, it's just not us saving what the I world. What I also not, liked about this one too is this one she was on the side of, um of uh, uh this one she was on the side of uh bringing back soups, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or at least trying. Yeah. In the previous one, she was one of the people that were in opposition for it, and it just seemed so weird. weird. No, they were friends, and most of them were with it. They were just scared of the ramifications, yeah. and, which is understandable. Yeah. They were like, you don't want to bring back a, bring, a, bring a super, super zombie. Back from we don't bring back a super soulless nigga, which they almost <laughs> ran into. If it wasn't They're like, yo, we couldn't kill him when he was alive, Not, and you oh, want to revive him. Make him mindless? Mm. Or they didn't know he well, was going to Well, yeah, they didn't know what was going to happen, but, but that was a possibility on the table. No. Definitely. Definitely. Who knows how long he'd been dead for? We don't know how Kryptonian biology works. Not at all. And that's what the mother box said. Even the mother box that they used to resurrect him, spoiler, 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 um, <laughs> didn't know. And that was part of the yeah, storyline. Like, it was so well I don't done. think you should be mixing Kryptonian and apocalypse technology. He was like, I'm override. Override. Yeah, yo. Yo, cyborg, man. Gosh, did they... like? 
they needed this like this character was so empty without absolutely. all of the things that this movie built for him absolutely and it was like it it what sometimes you have artists who know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> and Zack Snyder did not do this because he was masturbating onto the to the screen okay he wasn't doing this because he wasn't he just wanted to show what he can do with all of this money no he did what was necessary to do what they were asking him to do to tell the story he needed to tell why did they fuck with that well i understand it was completely and i'm pretty sure that if it wasn't for the fact that it took an extra three years to digitally add all the effects and all that stuff the um the that's what i think was the was the camp the straw that broke the camel's back for the uh financial side they were like nope we are not waiting three years and i was like but what if your project takes three years like look at james cameron you know what i mean like like look look at james cameron a lot of those movies they're they're like they're they're announced like their release date is announced and set in stone like years before they even start True. production. Oh, oh, and that's and that's the thing. That's the thing we got to stop doing. And I think that and then that's why I wanted to point out James Cameron is because look at him. He's like, listen, we, we, I need a long time. So if you're gonna put out a production, give me a decade. <laughs> James and, Cameron. And if you don't want to do give that, me a decade, though. then don't put out the release date yet, and let me work on this project. And then when we have a better idea, we'll let you know when we have a reasonable idea because. I'm pretty sure that nobody in the production staff said set the 2018 release date. Hell no. Nah. Nobody in the production staff said that. So let's not, you know what I mean? Like they're the ones making it. They're clearly trying very hard. You know what I mean? Like there, there's situations, yes, when you have to galvanize the employees and you have to spur them on, you know what I mean? You know, to get extra, you know, uh, productivity out of them, which I am against, but I understand the capitalist mindset that goes into that. But where in the capitalist mindset does it say, let's take a loss on a release? You know what I mean? It's just, I don't, I'm not really sure what, 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 what possessed them to, to take the path they did. Because not when they had this. If they didn't have this, I would completely understand. You know what I mean? If they had a dumpster fire that was just a, a, a further continuation of what was Batman v Superman, I'd be like, duh, 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 stop right there. We're going to just go ahead and do the 2018 release completely understandable but they had this he showed them this <laughs> i'm sorry i can't i'm ranting at this point but it's just it's just wild to me like it just shows we gotta we there's gotta be some way to kind of distance those decisions from those people like if you want to put money into it great but you're gonna have to accept some risk and song some longevity in this investment you can't be forcing us to do what you just asked us to do because it's it's not good you know what I mean? And this is distinctly different than what happened with Disney. Disney and the whole Kathleen Kennedy thing, that's that's a you know, they chose that path. But there was really no reason for them not to take the path of the Zack Snyder from films. Seeing now what he had, he had gold on his hands. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion, you know. And so yeah, I can only laud but so much uh accolades onto this movie because it, I really did enjoy it very, very, very much. Yeah, honestly, if they had kept this they would not have had to endure the disaster that was uh, the follow-up Wonder Woman, the mediocre Aquaman, Jeez, and the um, mediocre reception of Shazam. I think Shazam also got a mediocre reception as well. Man, I don't think uh, any of them. I think can you Wonder imagine Woman Shazam in the Zack Snyder universe? Because the role that he would serve in these storylines, Jeebs, man, it I would mean, be so crazy. Shit, I hope so because it a lot. 
in in the Injustice storyline, he gets killed by Superman. So he's very, very crucial to the Yep, um, and that's actually one of the galvanizing deaths that we're like, yep. okay, Soups is crazy. <laughs> Soups is crazy. Yeah, if, he, if he's going to kill a teenage kid that he knows is a teenage kid, yeah, we. I think we might have lost him, guys. Yeah, but okay. All right, I think we've given justice to uh, Justice League. Justice! Zack Snyder cut. But yeah, all righty. Let's move on from that. Uh, all right, cool. We got some interesting things going on in entertainment sphere so let's uh let's start out with did you uh see the wu-tang versus the uh no i only heard about it after i know i heard about it after the fact too so i'm gonna go back and watch that one but i am gonna catch the uh method man versus red man one live because i love those two that one's on uh, i think the fourth i want to say that's it's either on the fourth or 420 it would be very apropos if it was on 420. Would make but a lot of sense. Um, I'll have to look that up. But definitely check out online. You can go to the Versus Twitter page to find out when it is. Definitely catching the ver- oh, uh, yeah. the Method Man versus Red Man one live. That's going to be so litty. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to that. But yeah, Versus is, is definitely like they're on Triller now. I don't think they're on Apple TV anymore. But um, I'm pretty sure you could find them somewhere, somehow, however they do. Uh, I. Listen, trailer don't pay us, so I'm not going to tell you to go download their app. But <laughs> there's got to be a way for you to watch it. It's definitely going to be a good time, man. But that that Wu Tang Clan one, I'm definitely looking forward to hitting that retrospective because hell yeah, those are classics, man. Yeah, it was Ghostface versus Raekwon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dude, those are classics, man. Yo, Ghostface, man, from a time of wordplay, bro, so iconic that you can start a rap career in 2003 and emulate his style perfectly and become a world famous rapper, bro. <laughs> That's funny. Facts. It's hilarious. I mean, it's been proven. Yeah, there's documentation. Need, it's not so. a look. It's not a fad. It's as if you are rapping his voice and cadence and style, you can be a a a a a, a great rapper today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that in and of itself qualifies Ghostface and Raekwon music as classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I very much look forward to going back and listening to that one. If I wasn't so busy, I would have definitely caught that one live if I could. But yeah, Versus is doing it grande. Much appreciated. I'm looking forward to those. Um, but yeah, Meth and Red, man. That's those two, man. Epic, I miss the days when those two collaborated yeah. in performance more regularly, man. From How High Days, gosh. <laughs> Just stoner central, man. Like It is so pivotal to the culture of growing up and smoking weed. Like, that and half baked, they did it big, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'm they looking forward big. to that, dude. That's gonna be that's and, gonna be such a they're, celebration. They're smart too. They're like, um, they're some of the earliest rappers to help jump on the actor wave and understand that uh-huh, uh-huh, diversify uh-huh. your bonds. Man, you got to do more than just say words rhythmically, Yo, niggas. Nah, I'm just joking. You really could just say them rhythmically and make it pretty far. <laughs> but yeah, man, Ugh. I'm looking forward to that. Um, we got the 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 Twitter was all a buzz with the Candace versus uh, Candace Owens versus Cardi B uh, versus that's been going on. Is that that's, that's nah? Pretty but funny. you know it's funny that's they they funny. they've been talking <laughs> like they talk shit to each other on social media and honestly those are the two personalities like if Candace Owens and Cardi B are going to talk politics they should be talking with each other. They're pretty much the same level of pundit when it comes to actual like are you actually politicians? You know what I mean? Like I don't know why. Fucking Fox News is interviewing Candace Owens as if she's a real pundit. And Biden is talking to Cardi B as if she's a real pundit. But if they're going to talk politics, 
them talking it together, that's about the same level of politics, a politician. And so I think that shit is hilarious that Cardi B is just dog walking her online. Just fucking, <laughs> she said some shit about, I guess Candace Owens got butt hurt and was trying to sue her because she said something about her husband sexing her brother. And that shit was hilarious. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Rocket yo. punch. I know, bro. Like, that's something that only ethnic people could, could jab you with. In the proper way. Oh, man, it was good, man. Speaking of rocket punches, though, there's some um, news in the uh, sort of uh, fighting game sphere. Sony has purchased the um, Evo tournament. Yes, I did hear that. So that is actually, I mean. Is that a good thing? We'll see. We're, it should be a good thing. I mean, now they they have some official uh, money behind the tournament itself, so it should put the tournament in a lot less danger but you know it's one of those things where you gotta wait and see you know what i mean yeah evo was definitely in danger it's like yeah it, it's they good... couldn't meet and then and then the companies were not allowing them to yes. do virtual tournaments and it was just like well we can't just do tournaments recording people playing on through your online service <laughs> we can't do that yeah so i think one of the things um i saw some guys talking about and i think one of the things they're going to try to do is to try to do just that is to try to facilitate more tournaments but digitally and to allow um Everything. Yeah, now so that Sony owns them, they will be stuff. more. Uh, they will be more um, willing to to dive uh, to divest into that kind of technology. Yeah, like whereas they will platform, not let third yeah. party uh, companies. I mean, you could develop it, but you just can't run it on their platform and <laughs> and make money up. off of it. But I mean, hopefully, it works, man. Like Evo has been Evo has been. Because yes, it's very difficult. Um, I'm just gonna because not everyone is familiar with the fighting game, the online fighting game scene, and and uh, one of the uh, general difficulties that all fighting games have when they they when your tournament is hosted online is the most is utilizing the most low latency mm-hmm. way of connecting the fighters in the game. Yep. And so, because the milliseconds make a big difference. Yes, they're very important. And so, it's been an issue because you know they've tried to develop some third-party software uh, solutions for this, but the companies that own the rights to the games do not permit the third-party uh, software to be utilized and broadcast in in tournaments without DMCA striking them. And so, the you know part of the problem is is that the, the big companies like Sony and Nintendo and the big uh, software developers, they don't produce their own remedies. Mm-mm. You know, their remedies are all trash. And so uh, with Sony buying Evo, hopefully now they'll actually take the time to develop a first-party remedy to this situation. Yes, so just to give some context to why that's important. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully they'll be able to... Because I just realized, like, like, we're talking about it, but we both know about it already. <laughs> Let me give some, some body to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully Sony will be able to kind of provide a nice little infrastructure for that, especially now that it looks like everything is moving into a digital environment. Yes, 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 yes. So that'll be interesting. That'll definitely be interesting. So thanks for bringing that one up. Um, what else been going on? Um, dude. So we'll move on into some some social and political topics because I know we've been running long. I know we gave we gave a lot of justice to that to that <laughs> uh, Justice League topic, but um. So, I saw online that uh, Samaria Rice and some other um, mothers of of people who were slain by police had released a statement, um, kind of condemning a lot of the activists who prominently represent 
Black Lives Matter and a few other uh, organizations, the Movement for Black Lives and so forth. And this is super important to me because, I mean, Samaria Rice is somebody who has, I think, who has really endured some of the most uh, egregious uh, sins of our system. You know, she, I, I think that, you know, of all of the, the people who have had people taken from them, she, she has been done particularly badly by uh, not just the loss of her child, but the, the, the continued, uh, uh, you know, disrespect and disregard for his memory and, and, and his legacy. And so, you know, it, I, I always pay very much attention when she when she cries out because she deserves it. She deserves to be heard. And so she she spoke out against, you know, several, as I said, organizations and then some individuals um, such as like Lee Merritt and Ben Crump, who are lawyers who to me. And I've mentioned this before because like Benjamin Crump represented, I think, like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd yeah. and another uh, 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 so a person who was slain all at the same time. And I'm like, wait. There's got to be other lawyers. Like, why is it just that this one lawyer is all over the scene? You know, how is he dedicating enough energy to all of these cases? And she mentioned in hers that he was also representing her. And they had to fire him because he was not able to do that. And so that was one of the, the things that really struck out to me. You know what I mean? But also in this, she talked out, uh, she talked out against the movement for black lives and the, the global BLM network which is a organization, an NGO that has been capitalizing off of the movement for social justice in America. Um, th th this is what I'm talking, these are the organizations I'm talking about when I say that BLM is not an organization, it is a movement. And so you should not be paying into organizations like that because they are not actually helping the people on the ground. And so she mentioned them. Um, she also mentioned people like Sean King, who's a known grifter. But then she also mentioned some people who I know to be on the ground doing good work, such as Tamika Mallory and my son. And so a lot of the discussion I hear around this is adequately acknowledging her grief and the right she has to not always be confronted with people profiteering off her son's name when hearing her son's name itself generates so much pain for her. She should not have to ha confront this, especially with people who haven't asked her for her permission, who have done nothing to return some of, you know, the, the goodwill back to, to, to his memory, you know, in the ongoing fight that they're still going through to get justice. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. people who aren't paying into that. And so, you know, there's people who are monetizing this and I'm not talking about people. I mean, not to exonerate myself, but like, just mentioning his name is not what she's talking about. There's people who are making money off of this, who are taking in donations. You know what I mean? And this is problematic because they're not helping her or the family or the community or even the movement on the ground at large. And and so she spoke out against that. But her critique in general uh, was very broad and put a lot of people under the same umbrella who might not all deserve to be under the same umbrella. Her critique of them being broad is understood, but some of those people should not be lumped in together with the others. And so 
there was actually a response from one of the BLM co-founders that was just appalling. And I'm not even going to get into that because you can go online and see any number of people dunking on her for the bullshit she was saying. I mean, this woman just totally showed herself, just revealed her hand to say that she was full of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's that's what to be expected. Basically, I'm the one you were talking about. Yeah. A hit, a hit dog will holler, as they say. Absolutely. And she knew. And she had the nerve to accuse Samaria Rice as to being a state agent. Like, she's trying to tear down the movement from the inside when all she's asking you is to shut the fuck up and take my son's name out your your mouth. Okay. So, that is what it is. That's been commentated on a lot. But I haven't seen a lot of people addressing Tamika Mallory and my son's response because they she they were called out for their participation in Lil Baby's Grammy performance and calling for social dust justice. And Tamika Mallory in her response admitted that she was negligent in her relationship with Samaria Rice and that she didn't properly reach out to her to try to connect to to offer her as an activist of somebody who was publicly murdered you know, and as somebody who's taken up so many other less profile cases, the fact that she hasn't even reached out to her to even give her condolences and see how she can help support her in her struggle was kind of egregious. That was a that was an oversight on her part. And she admitted that in her response. But that is not to invalidate her decades of activism that goes back way before Tamir Rice was murdered. And so, you know, I don't like to see when people disparage her um, and try to invalidate and erase her as a black woman who's done much for many people and 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 misappropriate my son's participation in the public image of activism. That's not cool because there's there's plenty of grifters out there that we can hit over the head with it. And we got to deal with them because they're still making millions on the back of your struggle. But let's not let's not discard people who are genuinely fighting for the benefit and 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 for the struggle of changing the system that has aggrieved you so greatly there are people who might have made mistakes and who are willing to own those mistakes you know what i mean that that still deserve a, a little bit of grace when it comes to you know their their lack of support in the past it's needless to say that we have to be mindful and look forward. And in the future, I hope to see more communication at very least. Because that's also what kind of hit me, that struck me kind of weird. It was that in Tamika Mallory's admission, she said there was no communication at all. And I was like, wait, no communication at all? Like, you take up struggles all over the country. And you didn't even communicate to this woman? As high profile as her son's murder was? As egregious as that was? Like, that was, I mean... The young children are killed by the police all the time. But I mean, this was like videotape and you didn't even, I don't know. That seems like an oversight to me. That's not to say that she doesn't focus on a lot of good work that she does do. You know what I mean? And so I understand that, but we're not going to go as far as to say that Sean King and, and, Mal- and Tamika Mallory are the same level of, of, of activists. That's not it. That ain't the move. That ain't the move. We're not going to toss Tamika Mallory into that basket. Not yet. She hasn't done anything to prove to me that she deserves that level of, of, of criticism. But yeah, you know, I didn't see much of that being acknowledged by the conversation um, because she did have a very valid grievance. 
But in the acknowledgement of that grievance, let's add the nuance to make this conversation progressive. Because otherwise, her grievance comes off as regressive because she is she is saying that y'all need to stand down and stand back or whatever. You know what I mean? She was using that kind of language. to, And that's not what we need to do. We need to move forward to make sure these things don't happen again. Not move backwards from what we're doing. You know what I mean? And so we need to see a stronger solidarity amongst this, uh, the, the community at large, the black community at large. And people need to do their research when they donate. It is not Absolutely. uncommon. Big it fact. It is not uncommon for a lot of these organizations that claim to help people to be complete and total scams and cash grabs for the people that own them. So make sure that you know who you're donating the money to. Like even, even the Red Cross, I think, that donates to people only donates like something like 10% or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so you know, the rest, the other 90% goes to God knows where. You can't track it. Oh, it's absolutely so, into administrative and bureaucratic bloat. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? It goes to all paying everyone in the middle of there. Uh, of, like, why do you think that people enjoy working at NGOs? Because mm-hmm. the charities, what they're actually classified as is non-governmental organizations or NGOs that do public work. And so they get special tax exemptions and all yep. of that bullshit. And so they take all of the money that you donate to this charity slash NGO. 10% of it goes to the stated cause and mm-hmm. 90% of it goes to paying all of those people in the middle. Which is why when people say I work for a nonprofit, there's profit. The profit all is just absorbed like a sponge by that middle bureaucratic, uh, bureaucratic class. And congratulations, but you're not productive. <laughs> congratulations, you're doing something, you're getting, but you're not helping people and you're not being productive. It's a bad news, but um, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, we got two, uh, two international uh, news topics that I'll wrap up with today. Um, I did see that, man... I, I was watching a, a speech by the president of Ghana speaking to uh, his Swiss counterpart in reference to Ghanaian trade relations with the rest of the world. And it is very interesting that American media is not co- covering that Ghana is attempting to create a world trade block in Africa centered on Ghana that unifies and has solidarity with African nations in a trade block, one in which honors the the right of a nation to own and refine its own resources. And if it pulls the Congo and some of these Central and Southern African countries into this, boy, they are about to fucking uproot the, um, the entire world market. If all of these countries have a example and a ally in structuring their government properly to utilize their resources to create wealth for the people inside the nation and they stabilize this region boy just wait i promise you in the next coming months they're going to start putting all kinds of dirt on ghana mark my words yo this man and he said it so frankly and matter of factly in his perfect english he just explained to them that Ghana is no longer interested in your status quo. We are very much interested in garnering the resources of refining, not just exporting all of our resources for the benefit of our people. And if you would like to purchase those for the benefit of your people, you're welcome to do so on an open market. But what you won't do 
is monopolize the the production of our natural resources to the benefit of your people. That is not fair, nor is that how you run a country. And I was like, whoa, get up. That shit was fucking awesome. I was so like, it was very emboldening to see a, a strong black man just very, just commit to world politics on the same level that you expect to see like a Biden. Like I don't, you, you see him talking to China or you see uh, Anthony Blinken talking to China and it just looks, it looks feckless. Like their trade agreements just sounds, sounds like nothing's ever going to come of it. You know <laughs> what I mean? But you hear people talking like that, like the Ghanaian president, and you're like, oh, something's about to change. This nigga just told you he's about to start a world resource trading block to repatriate resources back to the countries in which they are they are uh, they are harvested. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, God forbid any and you know, a country like Mongolia, if they start doing something like that, then that's gonna that's gonna up you know, I'd be another upheaval because they're a major contributor to to like rare earth metals and a lot of valuable resources that are traded on the global market. You know what I mean? Like uh, this this move by Ghana is is going to be a big one. It's going to reshape the the global environment if it's successful. And on the horizon, I'm looking to see what interference is going to be run. <laughs> I could just see it. I can see it. There's going to be a ton of stuff popping up this and that, why America's got to have a presence in Ghana or all around Ghana or doing some shit, you know what I mean, to interrupt what they're doing. And it's like, ugh, man, I really hope that they're successful. It's all part of the game, man. You got to be, be prepared for it. Yeah, it jump be into the ocean with the sharks if you ain't ready I, to do something about I it. I do want to look into what politics they have when it comes to things like uh, workers' rights and things like that. Because it'd be interesting because... There needs to be a country that's looking for a cross-border solidarity that also has a strong uh, sense of workers' rights. Because if that's the case, then there's gonna that's gonna be a strong uh, opposition to capitalism. Like, and I don't know what form it's gonna take, but they're gonna try to villainize it. You're gonna see it's gonna be like the next Red Scare. Whatever whatever they're doing there is gonna get you know drummed up as some kind of you know, tyrannical new government form that we need to fight against in the name of democracy. Same way they do all the time. You know, it's like, ah, the, the playbook's all there and I'm just waiting for them to run it. That's why I expect them to be prepared. You feel me? That's what I mean by jumping in the ocean with the sharks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. I hope, I I believe the good night and, and don't get it twisted. War tactics originated in Africa, baby. Yeah, I, I, I know that they're not jumping into this blindly. You know what I mean? If they they're fully aware of their position in the world market, the forces that would not want to see something like this happen, that would not want to see a unified African continent, you know, they know they know what's up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was that going on, and then um, just an update on what's going on on the southern border. So I was talking with um some of Carolina's family, who a lot of you know she has family that lives on the the Mexico side of the border and so forth. So they were giving me some insight and actually they were watching Mexican news TV, which I was very much interested in because I want to see like what is being broadcast on that side about what's been going on there. And it's really interesting because one thing I didn't realize is that um, the vast majority of the people at the border definitely are not Mexican. The vast majority of people at the border are Central and South American, and they're just transiting through Mexico um, and 
because of that, uh, it's creating an issue at the the Mexican nor- uh, northern border, uh, which I don't know if it's a crisis, but it's definitely man-made because what's ending up happening is is that they are artificially slowing down the process of processing valid asylum claims because the vast majority of these people are not drug mules and they're not, they're just, they're, they're really just fleeing like, yo, they burned on our farm, you know, cause we didn't want to give them all of our money and we have nowhere else to go. And we can't just, they, they literally won't let us back on the farm. So we just kept walking and this is what, you know, you know, we just want to keep, we want to transit through to someplace that needs our labor. Now the issue with that is, is that Mexico has actually started a few programs to try to um, give citizenship and jobs to Central and South American migrants transiting through uh, who are seeking asylum. But a lot of the people are turning it down or refusing. And, and, and I thought that that might just be media spin, but Carolina's uncle actually runs a company that employs people who has gone to attempt to help employ migrants, you know, offer them work. And they turn it down. And he, he's like, he's saying, he's saying he's seen it firsthand that the people have this expectation of what it's going to be like in America that is just so unrealistic that they're unwilling to accept that, no, maybe actually you're better off in Mexico. Like, we have jobs and we're offering you a path here. Now, if there's a reason why, like, maybe your problem extends into Mexico. All right, well, then and you'll have to go on. We can't stop you. But some of you, you know, to help alleviate this issue should probably seek, you know, what you can't hear. And what I'm getting from from the reporting and people who have experienced it is that they don't even want to stay in Mexico, which blows my mind because like, you know, Spanish is the is the primary language. You know what I mean? Like they're offering you like you don't have to wait anymore, you know, and I'm not sure. Like, are they just that insulated from the actual reality on the ground in America that there's a lot of struggling yep. here? They've bought into the fantasy and they want that. They want to escape to that fantasy, and boy, you know, and boys yeah. had a fallacy. Like there might have, that might have existed. Um, but that's the sad part. And 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 Carolina was saying, uh, was telling me that her parents watched the news, and the news kind of uh, in Spanish, Spanish language news portrays portrays it like the borders open, and it's like, no, the borders not open. It is not open at all. And there is a a there's COVID outbreaks and there's people getting abused and there's children being taken from their parents. And it's like this border's not open. Like who's telling these people the border's open? Like, can we address that? Like, cause I think that that's super important. Who's propagandizing people to come here? Because that shit's retarded. It don't even make sense. It's not real. You know what I mean? Like, there's not money on the streets as as like literally one of her family members said that, like, oh no, they think that there's money on the streets. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> if there is, like, tell me where it is, like, straight up. If you could if the money is that easy to make, please tell me how to do it. Because I'd I mean, love it. I mean, that's how it is though, you know. There the, a lot of those people, like you said, they're they're coming from a farm that just burned down. As someone that comes from extreme poverty, I can let you know the in the mentality, it's I just don't understand why they, they're not accepting any of the programs in Mexico. Like, that's what threw me off. Like, I understand the mentality up well, until that Well, probably point. to them, there's probably not that much difference between where they're coming true, from and true. Mexico. Because they're because if they're as propagandized to think that America is the promised land, then they're probably propagandized to think that the cartel runs Mexico. Yeah. Which, it's not true. Like, Mexico has a government. It's got good spots. Like, it's... Mexico, I don't think, is that much different than America. I think generally, like, it's a little bit less developed, Yes. 
But overall, it's a, it's a functioning society, just like America. You know, it's not like some, it's not, you're not in the jungle. You know, there's jungles in Mexico, but you're not, you know, Mexico City is a big, sprawling metropolis. Like, it's not a, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. I don't know why, like, who is proper, like, who gains from that? Like, that's such a shitty thing to do. Like, if you're, if you're the person who's propagandizing the Central and South Americans to think America's great, God damn. You're an asshole, man. <laughs> you are definitely causing a huge amount of detriment to the to the to the world because it's like there there's hundreds of thousands of people over the course of, you know, the past few decades who've just been so negatively uh impacted by this system that it's like I don't know. I don't know. I did that's one of those those problems that I have I don't I wouldn't even know where to start with. It seems intractable. But yeah, yeah, I just wanted to give a little update on that. You know, I, there was further information that I had received to give some context to what's going on, because there is an issue at the southern border. I think that largely it is exacerbated, not just by the past Trump um, issues, but by the by the current administration's uh, inability to effectively uh, put any policy in order to to deal with the the harm that was caused by the prior administration i.e the children i.e all of the uh um the weird propaganda that's 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 causing people to to flood the border and not look for other avenues to establish themselves you know what i mean like and not to mention we've caused a huge amount of damage in south america that we are just unrepentant and unwilling to fix whether it's venezuela Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, um, Chile, Peru, uh, Uruguay. Thank God Bolivia is starting to say, fuck you. We're going to, we're, we are not going to play that game with you, America. You know what I mean? Like we've just caused so much damage in those countries. We, we can't be surprised that this is what's happening. You know, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's law of the law of attraction. You know, when you, when you, when you destroy a nation, you can only expect the refugees to come to you. It's basic physics. Yep. But alrighty, I think we did some justice to the to today's topics. Appreciate everybody for joining us. You can hit us up on the social medias. You can find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. You can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore D South. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Have a great one, guys. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Take it easy.